0: And use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy.
1: And welcome back for another edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Colby Conway, at Colby R. Conway on Twitter and back in the saddle here with me this week or back in the dugout, whatever you want to call it, Matt Sells at the Salesman on Twitter. So Matt, glad to have you back. James and I were joking last week that you might not have been on mic with us, but it's not as if you weren't involved in, in that you are still the the master editor of the entire of this entire operation. So glad to have you back. How are things going for you?
2: Things are good. Yeah, we had a scheduled snafu last week. Uh, couldn't join you unfortunately. And we have a schedule snafu for James this week. So um you know, we just keep rotating people and pretty soon we're gonna be like a six man rotation here. We're just gonna <laughs> We're just gonna keep rotating folks in. Um so I'm good. It was a little bit of a refreshing off week there for NASCAR, so I am Fully rested up for the you know, rest of the baseball season and the rest of the NASCAR season.
1: Absolutely. And that's always good to hear that you're rested. You get to do, you know, dive into all that content. I'm sure there's a lot of teams, especially Major League Baseball, that are probably looking forward to this time in July where you get a couple of days off, get some rest, and teams across the league. If they're not losing players to the IL, they are eagerly anticipating some returns. But before, before we talk about some of the guys that are going to come back, uh, do a little shameless plug. Make sure you're checking out all the content at fantasy alarm, whether it's fantasy baseball, if you're into the daily stuff, uh, been crushing it there of late. So make sure you're checking out all of that content there. So let's get the bad news out of the way. First, Matt, let's talk about a couple notable players heading to the IL. I was going to start with one of your one of your local boys home to your team there first, but I won't do that to you. So I'll I'll do it. We'll do him second. Uh, we'll get there, but first, Mookie Betts heading to the injured list with a cracked rib. He's going to miss some time. Obviously, that's a blow for fantasy baseball managers and the Dodgers alike. Um, so, Mookie Betts is going to be out of the lineup for a little bit. We're we're within that time frame now, where if certain things occur, teams might start, you know, looking at other teams maybe for some potential trade targets. Uh, but obviously the Dodgers are literally not afraid to do anything. They will do whatever it takes to win. So talk about the Mookie Betts injury, and you don't need to go too deep into a prediction, but are you, do you see, like, an in-house replacement, or do you see the Dodgers kind of looking around the league for some outfield help?
2: Um, yeah, so cracked ribs are tough, right, because there's not really anything you can do about it. You just kind of got to let it heal. Um, and then at that point, it's about pain management. So I'm going to guess he's probably going to be on the shorter end of an IL stint here um in terms of how they fill the hole well they've got some flexibility on their roster as it stands um and the fact that the pitchers are now capped at only 13 on the active roster means that they basically get a free call up um, when they have to swap out you know send some pitchers down but still have 26 guys on the active roster Um, so there's a few in-house candidates that they could that they could call up. I don't know that it's time for a trade just yet. Um I think they'll they'll make do. Obviously Mookie Betts is a huge bat in that lineup, but you know, for about a week and a half I think they can make do with, with some in house uh call ups or, you know, they heck, they could just pull a nobody to have a bench bat up there while they give playing time to, you know, a guy like Chris Taylor um, get some playing time out there and 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 whatnot. Yep,
1: absolutely. It'll be – I think the Dodgers are really going to tell us – they're not going to – we're not going to get a very clear timetable here early on, but I would say if you see the Dodgers start kicking tires around the league, that bet's injury is going to be a little bit longer than maybe they anticipated up front. But I could see them going with a bench bat for now. It's not like they don't have depth. And honestly – Yes, Mookie Betts is a league-changing talent. They have so many guys in that lineup, but there's going to be any team that can bear a stud for a couple weeks without him in the lineup. To an extent, it's, it would have to be it would have to be the Los Angeles. Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, I'd
2: be more concerned with their pitching staff than their offense.
1: Yep, they are banged up, and the fan. It's 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 almost interesting that you know a lot of times we 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 give a lot of crap to the Dodgers about these phantom IL stints, and now they're actually having legit IL stints. So, you know, mm-hmm. feel for them a little bit. There, but pitchers on the IL is something that New York Mets fans and Matt sells you know too much, unfortunately, about. So, we've been waiting. There was a lot of talk, especially like in our fantasy alarm Discord channel, what to do with Steven Strasberg? What to do with Steven Strasberg? Uh, I've been stashing him. Am I ready to go? Do I leave him on IL for one start? Well, what a start it was, and I'm going to emphasize the one what a one start it was. The strikeouts were. Fine overall numbers might not have been great, but he heads back to the IL after experiencing some discomfort in a bullpen following that start. So if you think the Mookie Betts timeline for return timetable is cloudy, I don't even know what you want to think of the Strasburg one because given what he had went through and now he just came back enough to do one start and now he's back on the shelf, what do the Nationals do with their rotation and what, at this point, fantasy baseball managers in draft – or redraft formats, he's probably a drop at this point, right?
2: Uh, Yeah, I would assume so. Uh, I personally, have you seen exactly what the results of the MRI were? Not
1: to my knowledge yet. More so it was just discomfort. It didn't feel right. You know, all those things. don't have any results back. It's just, yeah, it's one of those situations right now, it seems.
2: Yeah, okay. I I was just double-checking that I hadn't missed anything because I hadn't seen anything other than discomfort, and he was going for an MRI. Um. So I'm guessing we hope that no news is good news there, that it was just discomfort from getting back on the mound. Oh, Um, actually,
1: found an update quick per this article that I'm looking at, WashingtonPost.com. Basically saying, unprompted, Dave Martinez kind of answered, talked about the question, a stress reaction in the second and third ribs on the right side of his body, and they do believe it's connected to the surgery for thoracic outlet syndrome that he underwent the summer
2: before. Well, that's not great. What was the date on that article? Looks like June 14th. Oh, dang, okay. So apologies for missing that one there. Um, yeah, that's not good. Uh, yep. Stress reaction in the scapula is what has kept Jacob deGrom out. Uh, for quite a while, a stress reaction in the humerus is what has kept Trevor May out for a while. Um, now we just got done talking about crack ribs for Mookie Betts. Um, this doesn't sound great because with a stress reaction, you have to let it heal before you do anything. Because if you don't, it's just going to, it's like a crack in your windshield, right? If you don't seal it back up or replace the windshield, it's just going to keep spreading. That's the same thing with a stress reaction, so... Yeah, he's droppable at this point, um, and I think any good bats that are on the Nats' offense right now are going to be moved at the trade deadline. Josh Bell is a key one for that. I think they're going to move him, uh, unfortunately. I'd like them to re-sign him. But they will make the argument if they re-sign Josh Bell, they won't somehow have the money to also re-sign Juan Soto, so I will take Juan Soto over Josh Bell. Um, yeah, and...
1: I mean, that makes sense. And, of course, we just get – we stopped talking about the Dodgers. Just got a report here. Uh, give me one word on this, that the Dodgers are close to acquiring Trace Thompson, who has an OPS north of 1,000 in AAA thus far. So they get their bench bat, but they also went out to get said bench back. Wasn't so he
2: previously with the – wasn't he previously with the Dodgers?
1: It rings a bell. He was most recently with – uh, he was in AAA in Detroit. So first off, just take that.
2: For... Right, he was with the White Sox for a time. I'm pretty sure he was with the Dodgers for a time. Um, certainly not as accomplished as his brother Clay. Um, you know, who's coming off of winning another championship. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a bench bat, right? He's got zero value to
1: me. Yep, absolutely. And he was bat. He was with the, t- the the Tigers. He was with the Tigers, correct? But he was also with the. Dodgers uh, back in 2016 and 2017. Um, Another IL, Anthony Rendon, done for the year. He had stunk for the most part this year. So, I mean, now the Angels kind of lose their three-headed monster in bats of Trout, Otani, and Rendon. But one can make the case that the real three-headed monster was Trout, Otani, and Taylor Ward. Um, So so. Rendon's out for the year. Anything to make of that other than he's obviously droppable in redraft formats?
2: No, I just feel bad for Angels fans that are not getting to see the prime Rendon, because as a Nats fan, he was really good for us for six or seven years. Um, clearly the key to winning the 2019 World Series when he got hot at the right time. Um, it's just a shame, to be honest, that, that, you know, they go and get a good defensive and great bat at third base and he can't stay healthy. So it, it just it's just disappointing at this point. Yep. And then another injury at that,
1: well, same position, really, you know, looking at third base, but Manny Machado left the game early. It's that typical, it's only, it's an ankle sprain, x-rays came back negative, positive there. Negative result, but it's overall a positive result in terms of a negative x-ray there. Um, But it's one of those gross looking injuries where you see them running and it's almost like they got shot in the leg and it goes kind of limp. And then they just do that kind of helpless fall to the ground. So it did not look good. However, the early returns from it seem to be that they avoided anything major, which is good because I actually wrote it up in today's, but as you all are listening to it, it was yesterday's um, DFS heart of the order video in that the Padres offense without Manny Machado is in a world of hurt. And they're already without Tatis, like sure, the Jorge Alfaro, Luke Voit, Jake Cronenworth, who's hot right now. There are some guys there, but without Manny Machado in that lineup, it just lacks that punch when you look at it. So while he seems to have avoided a major injury, would not be surprised to see him miss a couple of games here. Because like I said, it looks awkward and the team needs him more than anything. So give him a couple of days to get back. So. Um, what do you think about this Machado injury? Do you kind of agree with me that it seems like he'll probably avoid an IL stint, um, or do you think he'll actually hit, hit he'll hit the shelf?
2: Um, I'm not 100% sure on that, right, because it depends on how serious the ankle sprain is. Clearly, at third base, to be the kind of defender that Manny Machado is, you need range, and ankle sprains tend to reduce that pretty significantly. Um, I am seeing, as of 20 minutes ago on Twitter, that AJ... Cassivell, who is a beat writer for the Padres for MLB.com, uh, is saying that C.J. Abrams is officially back with the Padres. Um, so in all likelihood, that's due to them having to trim uh, an extra arm off the roster, right? Because they have to move down to 13 pitchers. Um, but you can expect him to get some playing time at short and they'll move Hasan Kim to third base, so they have some in-house candidates that they can use to fill the playing time, whether or not he goes on the I.O., But I would expect him to miss the next uh, few games, at least, if, even if he's not on the I.O.
1: Any interest then in CJ Abrams? He might be out there in a couple of leagues. I know in his cup of coffee stint earlier this year, he only he only hit a buck eighty-two. One Homer and one steal, but his minor league stats are impressive and he's been hot of late. He's got a 314 average in the minors this year. So any interest in a CJ Abrams type while Machado's on the shelf? At least I think, would keep him a of I think
2: I think he stays up. Like there were folks talking about this with Alex Kirilov too, with the with the twins, as a way that he could stay up is the fact that they have to trim the roster down to 13 pitchers, right? And you still have to keep 26 guys on the active roster. So if you're kicking a few pitchers off, you've got to make room for that with bats. So it wouldn't be shocking to see C.J. Abrams be able to stay up. Um, Plus, they have versatility between Hassan Kim and Jake Cronenworth, right? So if you have three dudes who are capable of playing, like, six total positions, it makes you pretty balanced in terms of matchups and how to set up your roster. So I think C.J. Abrams stays.
1: And I... I, I think you're, you're going to be right. Like I said, they're going to need some pop there. And in June, in the minors, just in the month of June, only struck out six times across 62 at bats. Whereas when he was up with the team a little bit earlier on, little minor strikeout issues. But, you know, yeah. he's young. He's figuring it out. But there's definitely some fantasy potential to be had there. So moving away from all these players that are leaving lineups, let's talk about some that are either coming back or about to come back. The first one, which behooves many of my fantasy teams, Jack Flaherty made his return. For St. Louis, they had him on a pretty strict pitch count, which I believe they said that they were going to limit him to sixty pitches. And I believe he threw exactly sixty, if I'm not mistaken. I remember it yeah, being it's pretty, 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 pretty right on it. But I mean, it, it's tough for Flaherty when you have a first matchup like that, going against a dynamite powerhouse offense of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and he allowed, you know, two earned runs on three hits, a couple of three strikeouts, and a couple of walks. Obviously, there's going to be some rust to be shaken off. He's arguably. Well, he's delayed in the year, but he's probably delayed in terms of his conditioning and everything like that. He's still working up to a pitch count. James and I talked about it last week. If he was available last week, probably should have picked him up because he could probably be an SP2 the rest of the way once he shakes this rust off. I'm still pretty steadfast in that belief that he's going to be you know, a, a, an SP2, a very reliable mm-hmm. arm the rest of the way, and there's good strikeout potential there. So um,
2: I, was thoughts, him, I was on him preseason before he got re-injured. You and me both. Like we we talked about this in a preseason one before his injury that we liked what we saw from him last year before he got um, before he missed some time last year, and I think that can return. There's no reason it can't. Um, so yeah, he's gonna be rusty, right? Going back to Strasbourg real quick. If you actually watched the game, his line was good until he got tired, and they left him in about a half inning too long, and he they just started to square up pitches he was leaving up in the zone and that's what did the damage but before that he was pretty solid so yeah there's going to be some rust it's going to be a couple more starts before he gets you know the leash taken off and and he goes full uh you know full pitch count there but i have no problem adding jack if he's still there you need to get him on your lineup like yep, ab-
1: absolutely and it's he's going to be someone that's going to be tough to trade for because most likely if he's owned if he was kept if he was kept already or drafted, and the team kept them, you're not going to be able to else trade for him. get rid of him, Yeah, exactly, because yep. they would have done it already. So if now, if it's someone who just picked him up, maybe he's four innings, four earned runs here in his next star, Maybe you send a little offer for a little buy low. But I'm, I mean, my stance hasn't changed on Flaherty, even like we talked about it back in February. He can be an SP two if he's healthy. Once he shakes off this rust, I don't see why I would why I would waver on that opinion with him. So right. he's too good. He's simply too good. I'll just leave it at. That The New York Mets, everyone goes on the shelf for them, it seems like. But eventually they do come back. It <laughs> might not be long till they go back again, but they, they do make their way back there. So um, Mad Max Scherzer looking like his return is imminent as well as James McCann. So Max Scherzer, I believe you told me pre-pod he is making a rehab start Tuesday. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes a start this weekend with the big league club. Yeah. You would mention, what do you think there? Am it's I awesome. am I am I too optimistic?
2: It's, so the pitch count in Tuesdays, the, you know, June 21st for an actual date and depending on the day you're listening to this, um, he's facing double a Binghamton or he's not facing Binghamton. He's pitching for double a Binghamton and they want him to go 60 to 70 pitches, which is pretty respectable. So what my guess is, is that he if he makes it through that okay without any discomfort, he'll go and do his normal side session a couple of days later. And if he's fine there, then you'll see him back with the Major League Club by this weekend. If the start doesn't go great or there's some extra signs of rust or there's some, you know, soreness, then I think you see him make one more rehab start. Um down in the minors either with double a or triple a depending on where the schedule aligns because keep in mind they're going to want him to pitch for the home they're going to want him to pitch at home for their affiliate so they can milk the ticket sales right um so yeah he's either going to be up this weekend or he's going to be up at some point like late next week but the return for mad max is pretty imminent for the mets which is impressive considering the fact they held serve in that division without Degrom or scherzer uh, or Tyler McGill, for that matter, in their rotation for like the last month.
1: Yep. And then looking at it here, they face the Marlins this week. If he faces the Marlins, do you think, how many strikeouts do you think? Over under, let's put it at six and a half, if he makes that stronger. I would, get over. I would too. I Marlins would try to
2: be strikeout happy. Yeah. Just, just keep that in mind
1: for you underdog folks out there or you prize fix players out there. There could be a little juice on. Uh, Mad Max on Saturday. Yeah, the only he way he doesn't
2: go over is if there's a pitch count on him. In that, he could,
1: but he still very well could go over.
2: He could. He has Might the ability to be. It'll all depend on the first inning with him, right? If he has a rough first inning, he'll go under. If he has a good first inning, he'll go over. Yep. And
1: yep. And then James McCann coming back. Anybody who drafted him finally gets a catcher with an offensive pulse, which is always nice too. Especially yep. in two-catcher setups. Any catcher that swings the bat sometimes makes contact with the ball with said bat is always nice to have. Um, so Yeah,
2: now the only problem with him, though, is he's out with a wrist issue. Wrist injuries stink for hitters. Right. So while he's coming back, and I know we don't expect a whole lot of pop from most of the catchers, he is coming back from a wrist deal, which should which could sap the power from him to start. Now, he's been doing a rehab start since the 16th of June. Uh, So he's looking to hit the early side of his six- to eight-week prognosis when he first went on the shelf. So that's good for you. That means you're either going to lose, what, Thomas Nito or Patrick? I don't know. The guy's last name was very good in Scrabble. I can't pronounce it. Um, You're going to lose one of them, and then you'll get James McCamp back at catcher. So things are turning up in Mets world.
1: Absolutely. And now we've got to talk some prospects. I know they're near and dear to your heart. We even added a little prospect of note segment um, coming near the end of this. So we'll definitely come back there. And then I have a bold prediction for the week that lies with the pro- or a prospect we're going to talk about here. But we're going to start. I've wanted this for so long. And I got it for a cup of tea last year, and it's time again. But Pittsburgh has called up the – Six-foot, 72-inch tall, O'Neal Cruz, who is a shortstop for now, who probably won't be this time next year when we're talking. Um, It just isn't going to happen. He'll move to right field. Yep, in the minors. I mean, yeah, this year he's hitting .232, but he's got nine home runs, 11 stolen bases. You look at his grades. He's got a 30-40 to hit tool, but the raw power is an 80. Immense power. There is going to be strikeouts in his game. It is going to happen. Early on, he may be a bit of a batting average liability. But he can do it all, and it only takes him about four and a half steps to get to each base, so he can move pretty quick around the base paths given his length. So talk to me about O'Neal Cruz. What can fantasy baseball managers expect here for 2022, and why is he the key component to a Pirates championship run this year?
2: Um, Well, (laughs) last part aside, um, O'Neal Cruz is going to strike out a lot. That's just Mm going to happen. It's in his game. That's what you can expect from big-time power Guys, it's also he's six foot seven, so sometimes the strike zone works against him. Just go ask Aaron Judge about that one, um, or Giancarlo Stanton, either way. Um, so yeah, he's got a speed component that's really impressive. You can, like, in a full season with O'Neill Cruz, you can probably expect 30 plus homers in 22 to 25 steals, right? There's not a whole lot of dudes that are doing that. Uh, the batting average not gonna be great if he hits two forty in the majors that'll be really impressive mm-hmm. um but if you're getting that kind of run production from him do you really care not really um and yeah his frame is like I still don't understand how the dude is playing shortstop at six foot seven that's insane to me that he he can play shortstop at six seven so i uh, I've been saying for a while now, like I said this, I don't know, about a year and a half ago in the prospect reports, that he will move to right field. He's got a double-plus arm that can mow people down from right field, and he just has the profile of a right fielder. You you don't – I mean, think about Aaron Judge with speed and a worse hit tool. That's basically what we're saying here, right? Um, so can we expect that right off the bat in the majors? I don't think so, but if you're – in a keeper league or a dynasty league, this is the beginning of something pretty special.
1: Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, where the power, speed, all that's going to take some time getting adjusted to major league base. But One thing that's going to be there from day one until probably the end of his career is going to be the strikeouts. They're just going to be there. Yeah. Live with it. It's a matter of fact. I'm, I'm a little upset you didn't touch on my final bullet point there about being a championship run because how – I mean, name a better offensive quartet in Major League Baseball, then O'Neal Cruz, Brian Reynolds, Brian Hayes, and Jack Sawinski. Name a better offensive quartet than them. I mean, Betts, Turner, Freeman, pff, lame. Again. I can't even name four hitters on Washington's team, so that's lame. We can keep going through all the teams. It's just Sawinski, Hayes, Cruz, and Reynolds. It's uh, it's going to be a great 30-for-30 30 30 one day. So, uh, that, that, uh, improbable was... run. <laughs> I don't know any of those players, so... Not okay. not as good not as good as what Pittsburgh has in those four there. Uh, another prospect that got the call up in Boston is Jeter Downs. Looking at some of his numbers here in the minors this year, eleven homers and on, and eleven stolen bases in fifty three games is really good. Uh, One eighty batting average, two ninety seven OBP, and you want to get even worse with it. Look at last year in the minors. 32% strikeout rate, 31% strikeout rate here this year. And again, 180 average. I mean, power, speed are nice, but it's almost like the average is going to be even worse. It's almost like he does everything a little bit worse than Hayes, or I'm sorry, than Cruz. And then there's some power, there's some speed. He's going to strike out a good bit, maybe not as much as Cruz, but the batting average could be a liability. So what can we even expect from Jeter Downs? And is there even a path to everyday playing time in that lineup?
2: Not yet. Um, so he was a big part of the Mookie Betts deal a couple years ago. Uh, and folks in Boston were pretty excited to get him until he started playing for them. And then they were like, eh, this isn't great. We'll, we'll blow aside the fact that he's named after the starting shortstop hall of famer for their arch rival. Cause he's named after Derek Jeter. Um, but yeah, the strikeouts, man, as he's gotten through the upper minors, the strikeouts have gotten way worse and, it's hard to judge batting average in the minors because you don't know what kind of parks they're playing in and how significant the park factors are and if they're learning to shift and what kind of you know quality stuff they're facing. But either way, you cut it. A 180 is not great. Over 30% strikeout rate, not great. This is also why he's been falling for a while on. Basically, it's a it, it's been a consensus fall in the prospect rankings for Jeter Downs over the last two years. So... He got the call because they needed a bat uh, as they trim their, again, the pitcher deal. But once Kike Hernandez comes back from the I.O., which should be pretty quick, or, and or Christian Arroyo, I think Jeter Downs gets booted. Um, he, his bat needs so much work right now. It, it's not worth bringing him up and exposing him to major league pitchers and killing his confidence. So he'll be up for a few days, and then he'll go back down. Yeah, and just for
1: what it's worth with Downs, if he had his if he if he was in the major league right major leagues right now, which I mean he is now at this point, eleven home runs and eleven stolen base would be nice, but that 180 batting average would be the second lowest amongst qualified hitters. And this year in the minor, he's got a WRC plus of just eighty six. And when you look at some of the players in major league baseball right now who have an eighty six WRC plus, we're talking along the lines of Elvis Andrews, K Bear Ruiz, Isaiah Kiner Falefa. So not an ex- overly encouraging hit tool or hit profile at this point. Cheap power and speed, sure, but, you know, if there's no path to regular playing time, he's, he's not going to be a guy that plays every third day, and when he does play, he's going to go two for three with a home run and a steal every time. Just not ready yet. Yeah. Uh, another player made their debut. Uh, we got Gerard Encarnacion in Miami. I'm interested what you think about this one because his – his debut was memorable. I'm looking at the MLB.com article here. Since at least 1901, first player to hit a Grand Slam, steal a base, and record an outfield assist in their debut. First Dominican-born player to hit a Grand Slam in their debut. Second, Marlin to hit a Grand Slam in their debut. Ninth Major League player since 2000 whose first hit was a Grand Slam. We're not exactly talking about a top-20 prospect in baseball. He was, per I believe, per MLB, he was a top-20 prospect just in the Miami system. So what can fantasy baseball managers expect for Encarnacion as one would think this at least debut might give him a slightly longer leash. So what are we expecting this year from Gerard and moving forward?
2: Yeah. So I wrote him up, um, I guess a couple of months ago now in the prospect report talking about, um, you know, how he's kind of a, he's kind of a sleeper, right? He's a late bloomer type prospect. The power is ridiculous with him the speed i'm not sure it's going to stick long term it's not anything to write home about he's also kind of a bigger framed guy uh but the power is there the hit tool is kind of hit and miss excuse the pun um so it's basically his bat that's going to carry him and i'm pretty sure i count him as like a dh only type guy well not dh only but he there is a question as to where his defensive home is going to wind up uh, at this point. So he's a real big power bat for Miami and can he stick? Yeah. If he keeps hitting bombs, then he'll stick and they'll play him either at first or maybe a corner outfield spot or DH, right? They'll make it work. Um, is he an elite prospect? No, for sure. He's not an elite prospect, but the power is there. And sometimes one-tool guys who are very, very good at one-tool can stick and make an impact. Yep.
1: Let's get into a little buy or sell. So last, I believe it was last week I wrote up Texas's Ezekiel Duran in uh, a positional spotlight for the second-base position and basically said, you can add him. Enjoy the speed. Get some couple of cheap stolen bases, a little bit of pop. But if someone offers you anything of value for him... Sell, baby, sell. He's hitting 291, two home runs and two stolen bases. His stat cast metrics aren't that overwhelming. Expected batting average of 259. He's ex- ex- exceedingly outperforming his expected statistics. So for me, he is a firm sell. I wrote it last week. My opinion hasn't changed. Um, are you going to talk me off the ledge of selling Ezekiel Duran at this point?
2: No, I'm not. I mean, he had a very good 45-game stint at AA this year that earned him a call-up. But, again, it's a 45-game stint, a 45 game stint at AA. First time at AA. He hasn't played at AAA. And, yeah, is it a very good start to do his MLB career? Sure, 14 games. Great. Um, but I'm with you. I'm going to sell if I get anything of value for him. I think he's outperforming. Um. Not only his expectations, but generally speaking, his tools, too, because the hit tool grades out about a 40, maybe a 45. Um, So if you consider an average MLB hitter to be hitting about 270, that puts him about 260. So he's outproducing that. The power is legit. He's got above-average power, which profiles at about 25 homers a year. Um, And the speed is just below average. So, uh, you know, he's never had more than 12 stolen bases in a year as a prospect that was with the yankees in 2021 Uh, sorry he actually had 19 total that year between the yankees and the rangers um but i think that drops as he gets to the upper minors and the majors so yeah if you're getting anything of value i would trade ezekiel duran sell baby sell that's what i said that's what
1: i'll continue to say with him now we're going to go to Kermon Marquez here in Colorado. His numbers stink this year. Don't get me wrong, ERA's north of six, just not very good. But when you look at some of the other metrics, expected ERA's a four point eight one. And the real reason I wanted to put him in here is we do some foreshadowing. Could the Rockies deal him? Maybe, yes. maybe not. Or as the salesman on Twitter says, yes. as I'm in the midst of these maybes and maybe nots there, and you look for his career. His ERA away from Coors is a three nine five, where it's a four nine three at home for his career, and he's been a member of the Rockies for all seven years of his professional career. So it's going to be tough. These situations are intriguing because if you wait until Marquez is traded, that price point goes up because it's always out of Coors, and now he's wait. going to be a Cy Young s pitcher when Just it's not like necessarily the case. Gray. Exactly. So yeah, the John Gray narrative really with him. So. Herman Marquez, is he a buy or a sell for you? Because right now there's no guarantee he gets traded. So maybe the better question here is it's almost a buy or sell, but it's really in terms of do you think he gets traded, yes or no, a.k.a. buy or sell?
2: You know, I said yes a couple of minutes ago. Now I'm rethinking it, given the fact that they didn't deal Trevor Story when we all thought that they would deal Trevor Story. um, Two trade deadlines in a row that they didn't deal him for whatever reason. Um, So it's possible that they decide that they need Herman Marquez to be the ace of their staff because they don't exactly have a guaranteed pitching prospect coming up through their system at the moment. Um, But, you know, there's been a whole rash of pitching injuries that have happened this year. Is it possible that the Dodgers make a move and get Herman Marquez? because the Rockies don't care if they're going to have to face them because the Dodgers have a great uh, farm system that they could mine, theoretically, if the Rockies were smart. Um, Because you got Bueller out for, like, possibly three months at this point. Kershaw's, you know, supposed to be, like, he's back, but how long will his back hold out? And you've got still Dustin May on the shelf, and you've got other guys, you know, still kind of hanging out there, hurt. So... You could see him moved, or the Rockies could be the Rockies and just sit on him and then let him walk (laughs) and not get anything for him. So that was a very long-winded answer to not really answer.
1: Yeah, the more you look at, like, his home, homer per nine is 2.4, but it's just a .6 on the road. But even so, even on the road this year, he still has a 5.34 ERA. I mean, if you can buy him for a bag of peanuts, sure, go ahead for it. But I would just tread optimistic, tread cautious, cautiously optimistic, I guess is one thing that you could say with Herman Marquez now we go to Tristan McKenzie average exit velocity 13th percentile allows a good bit of hard contact he's got a 2.96 era on the year but he's staring down the barrel of a 3.83 expected era what what is the case here with Tristan McKenzie are we buying or are we selling
2: I'm I'm gonna sell um I just don't know that he can control stuff well enough to get you deep into ball games at this point. Um, look, he flashes good stuff, but ultimately I'm not sure how long he sticks as a starter, to be perfectly honest. Um, I just don't think his stuff holds up deep into a game or through a lineup multiple, you know, more than two times. So I would try to sell and get what you can for him at this point.
1: I think I'd agree, too. If his strikeout rate was on par with where it was last year, I think you could convince me to hold. But a strikeout rate that's dropped from well over a batter inning to well below a batter per inning, just a 22% strikeout rate, just really isn't going to cut it for me, especially with knowing what I'm looking at in terms of expected ERA. His FIP and XFIP are up in the mid-fours. Regression seems to be in store for this guy, and that's just where put me. His fly ball pitcher, too, so home runs are always going to be a problem. I don't like that.
2: Agreed. All right,
1: we'll go ahead and talk for a new segment here. It's a prospect of note. So besides being a a NASCAR guru, an F1 fan, baseball fan, and our prospect guy here at Fantasy Alarm, as if that wasn't enough, he now wants to add a prospect of note segment here to the podcast. So Matt, who is the prospect of note this week that you just really want to get a chance to highlight? Maybe they're not talked about enough, or honestly, it's just someone that you want to opine about.
2: Yeah, so this guy is deep in the Padres system. Uh, everybody is deep in the Padre system, it seems like, uh, but, and I may not be say, saying his name exactly correctly, so don't hammer me on that one, but I believe it's Estuary Ruiz, uh, E-S-T-U, sorry, E-S-T-E-U-R-Y, Ruiz. He's an outfielder. He's currently a AAA. Why do I want to talk about him right now? He's played 48 games this year between A AA and AAA. He had sorry. He's played sixty games this year. He has forty-eight stolen bases. Yeah, he stole eleven bags in eleven games at AAA. Uh, His speed's ridiculous. The batting average right now is three sixty on the year. That's not going to hold. He's got about a forty to forty-five hit tool, but the speed is like eighty grade. It's insane. Um, So he's very good at defending. He's very good at swiping bags. Not a ton of power. There's a decent amount there, enough to hit you about maybe 15 a year. But the speed's insane. So if you – and there's a decent chance that he gets called up fairly quickly um, because, let's face it, the the Padres need all the offensive help they can get. And if they're not going to hit him over the fence, then stealing them uh, is a pretty decent way to score runs. So there's a chance he gets called up quickly. Uh, he is not anywhere in anybody's top – like 400 at this point he's MLB pipeline has him like, I don't know, 29th in the Padres system. Uh, but he's stealing bags at a ridiculous clip. Again, it's 48 stolen bags in 60 games this year. Yep. So that's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. And when you look for his minor league career, he's got 206 stolen bases and 467 games. He,
2: he almost
1: has more stolen bases than RBI in his minor league career yep.
2: makes sense he's the top of the order hitter so <laughs> not he all almost guys
1: has, get he has more stolen bases than strikeouts this year yeah all right keep keep that name on the on the on the back of the mind i'm writing it down because my team my tgfbi team is very good in stolen bases right now but you know if some are good more must be better right that's what they always say so mm-hmm. it definitely could not hurt We'll go ahead and wrap up this episode with the bold prediction for the week that lies ahead. James took a dig at my Pirates last week, which obviously did not work out well for him. And obviously it was incorrect, like it always was going to be. I went for Christopher Morrell, two homers and two stolen bases this week. He hit the two homers, only one stolen base. So that was a little upsetting there. But Matt, I will let you go ahead first with your prediction for the week that lies ahead.
2: Um, yeah, so right now the Angels are sitting nine and a half games behind the Astros in second place in the AL West. The Astros have a very tough upcoming schedule between the Mets and the Yankees, and the Angels don't have quite so bad of a schedule against the Royals and the Mariners, so my prediction is that the Angels will be within five games of the Astros by next Monday. Oof.
1: I... Don't mind that at all. And after those series, they're looking down the barrel of like Marlins, Orioles. They don't face the Pirates. That's a net win for them. So lucky. So I don't mind that there. My bold prediction for the week does lie with Pittsburgh, lies with top prospect O'Neill Cruz. He's going to hit three homers this week, but he's going to post a strikeout rate of over 30% during this first week of action here in the 2022 season. So Angels within five games of Houston. O'Neill Cruz, three plus homers, but a 30 plus percent strikeout rate so that will put a bow on this week's episode of the fantasy alarm fantasy baseball podcast give myself a follow at colby r conway on twitter give matt sells a follow at the Sellsman. gives all the nascar content here on the site prize picks plays everything in between on the weekend my discord is just blowing up with uh, updates from matt sells regarding all of the good racing content there but keep checking out fantasy alarm for all the content that you need whether Whatever sport it is, if you play daily, seasonal, it's all there for you. And be active in the Discord, happy to answer any questions there as well. So we will see you next week with the next edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast.